Hello, and welcome to Avon on the Air, bringing you conversation with your favorite authors, conversation that's always lively, sometimes provocative, and never afraid to ask the question, what really happens between the covers of an Avon romance? I'm your host, Lucia Macro, and today I'm back with Sarah McLean. And today we're talking about Rachel Gibson. Yay! Simple, simply irresistible. <laughs> and in the spirit of full disclosure, I am Rachel Gibson's editor. Yes. So. Which is good. We're going to get lots good. of secrets. Yeah. How, how, <laughs> how Rachel it all writes happens. such great books. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. She's fantastic. So this is Rachel's first published yeah. book. I can't guarantee you that it was the first book she ever wrote, but it's her first published book. And it was published again back in the mid, we're talking about that mid nineties thing, published in 1998. And it, Actually, and I can't believe this is her first book. I can't believe it's her first either. It's it's so strong. It's so strong. It's so Rachel. Like, I know. It, she really had that voice from the very, very beginning. And we've talked about this before with other writers that there's just this, you could tell. A you could tell. Julia Quinn book or a Susan Elizabeth yep. Phillips book instantly. But, I mean, this book, she could literally, you guys could repackage this. And rip the cover off. Give everyone it. Yeah. a cell phone and put it out now. And it would be just a perfect a perfect. Gibson. Yes, it would be. It's amazing. Um, and I always say, like, you could rip the cover off the book or all the identifying yeah. characteristics and say, who wrote this? And and romance readers, would, I'm sure, would say it's Rachel Gibson. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just that strong a voice yeah. and strong a point of view. So we're leading up to... Um, the summer, which is why apparently we're doing sports books. <laughs> uh, yes, there's a lot month. of sports books because this one's sporty also. Yeah, last month we did uh, the Chicago Stars yep. with Susan Elizabeth Phillips's It Had to Be You. And this month, uh, Simply Irresistible it's the is s- the first in the Chinooks. The Chinooks. The Seattle Chinooks. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> if Seattle had a hockey team, team it would be the Chinooks. <laughs> And I, what I love, I have the version. I have there are multiple there are multiple versions. versions, and Lucia has the the, the cartoon the cover, as we call it. It is the original. Yeah, I love those covers. I remember I buying them when I was in college. Like she still had all those cartoon covers, yeah. and I, I, oh, you always knew. Oh, that's a Rachel Gibson yes. book, and you would, you know, just pull it right off. I know. We will have to put the little images up on the on the website because this cover this cover was really actually considered groundbreaking at the time. It, there hadn't been s- these kinds yeah. of covers before um, that were drawings and sort of like whimsical and cute. Well, there's something kind word. of it's it. There's something kind of chiclety about these yeah. covers before chiclet really existed. Exactly. Yeah. Chiclet sadly died in the middle. I know. Rachel Gibson's career has has spanned, has, no. has seen chiclet come and go. Come and go. No, she's stronger than chiclet. <laughs> <laughs> um, the. But this, I have the I have the more recent version, which has a note from Rachel in the beginning, which okay. is adorable, where she says that her inspiration for writing Simply Irresistible came in 1995 after watching the New York Rangers captain, captain Mark the Messiah Messier <laughs> check another player into the board. <laughs> and if you know Rachel Gibson it at makes all, total sense. that is... Seems totally realistic yeah. that she was at home watching. TV. Oh, absolutely! She's the hugest hockey fan. It, it's, and also, she like Rachel's like beautiful and tiny <laughs> and perfect in every way, and like she loves that rough and tumble guy, which is the guy she. It's writes. the guy she writes every time. But this and is I the bet first she salivated and was like, "I'm going to write a romance <laughs> novel, and, and it's going to be about a hockey team." <laughs> 
But there's too. more than just hockey in this oh, book. There's a so lot going beautiful. on in this book. Um, yeah, because it's a secret, secret baby, baby book. book. <laughs> oh, my gosh. My, I can't believe we haven't had a secret baby I book. know, because secret baby... Um, I love secret baby oh, me books. Too. I know they're crazy and... Um, some people get morally outraged by them. Not yeah. because she's had the baby, but because she's hidden the yeah, baby. Yeah, it is kind of a terrible thing to do. It's a terrible thing to do. But I... We do not... Disclaimer, do not hide your babies from, from their fathers. fathers. <laughs> and make them secret babies. But it is... It's a classic trope, and it is one I just, like, fall into oh, every single time I read it. It's a trope for a reason. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's pure id, right? I mean, yeah. the, well, the, the beauty of the secret baby, and I've been thinking about this a lot because she's... You know, because I've I reread this book, um, you know, this week, and I think the trick with the secret baby is twofold. One, you have to love the mother enough to understand why to forgive her, right? The bad behavior right. of not telling the father that the baby existed. Um, but you also have to have a father who's so into the mother that he returns by on his own virtue right he doesn't know exactly he doesn't know the baby exists this. so he's not coming return. back for the he's not coming back because of the child right though he would come back for the child right because he's the hero instantly. <laughs> instantly it's tricky though right yeah. because he has to come back to the heroine uh, wanting her yes. and then of course see what she's done surprise and, <laughs> and it's just glorious when it's done right it's just it's glorious. just great yeah and this book starts out this book i I I hadn't I hadn't read it in a very long time I will admit um, and I had forgotten that it actually began in the 1970s when the heroine's a little girl and we learn she's dyslexic and that's such a heavy thing I thought to deal with in a romance novel at that time like you didn't I, I didn't feel like I saw a lot of that no back it, then it's well it's just the prologue of this book is really heartbreaking it, it reminds me of. Um, for those of you who are historical readers, it reminds me of the prologue of Loretta Chase's Lord of Scoundrels, oh. where, you know, you sort of see the character really broken. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's in school. She's, she clearly is dyslexic. Yes. And the teacher, you know, basically says, you're, you're, you're retarded. Yeah. And you're never going to amount to anything. And tells her grandmother, you need... To put her in charm, charm school. school because she's pretty, and at least she'll get a good husband yeah. to take care of her. And so the grandmother sort of says, "Well, that's what we'll do." That well, I mean, we won't put her in charm school, but you know, we're never going to let anyone ever know that she's you know mentally deficient. Which of course she is, is neither it? of those things. She is, but you dyslexic. Could, yeah, and um. You know, she gets, you sort of end up feeling so sad for her. This poor little girl who just struggles so much with school. And then is basically told her looks are her her passport to any kind of life or security. And uh, ends up. Fast forward uh, 20, 10, 20 years, however I forget, long. however long, and she, now she's a runaway bride, which is also another yeah, trope. That a I lovely love. trope, right? <laughs> but she's supposed to marry an aging owner of a hockey team. I, yeah, an old, like Anna Nicole Smith marrying that old man kind of situation, yeah. like really super old. And not like in some other romances where like they're marrying, she's marrying, she's set to marry an old man who's like her buddy. Who's like marrying her out of love or right. out of like fatherly adoration? Like this guy is kind of gross and wants to marry her because she's hot. Yeah, 
And so she takes off and he's <laughs> saved by I, the unknowing. Uh, oh my gosh. What an unknowing member of the Chinooks hockey, hockey team, team. Who is late to the wedding, I think. Yeah. And he's got some hot sports car. So and, she just gets in the car and they go. And they go. And he thinks she's a bridesmaid, but she's actually she's a bride. the bride. And then they're kind of screwed. And then, they have, <laughs> then they have like a lot of sexy times. Yeah. There, that's we've so we talked over the course of the last I don't know it's I think it's been six books. Already oh my gosh, I think it has. But we've been talking about you know what each book brings to the table right. as a new concept, and I think what Rachel is doing and what other writers right around this sort of late '90s time started doing is presenting us with heroines who were sexually, like, active. Mm-hmm. Not uncomfortable with their sexuality. That was the big thing for me as with this heroine and many of Rachel's heroines is they are sexually active. And, and they, not, not tremendously like, sexually active, but, but they active enough. And, and they don't feel bad about it. No, there's not there's not a single or amount like, of shame. Yeah. And that's pretty awesome. It is awesome. Because sometimes I felt, um, having worked on, on romance for a long time before the 90s, mm-hmm. <laughs> aging myself... Um, it was always the heroine had sex once, and then he dumped her, and then she spent the whole time like re-virginizing herself. Yeah, and it was never really bad about because, it. Yeah, because you know. yeah. and th- in this particular case, like that is that is not these characters. No, um, you know, Georgian is she like they meet, they have a great you know what weekend. I think it's a together. wild weekend. It's not, yeah, it's yeah. not long at all. Right. And then he realizes that he can't have a career and be in a relationship with this woman who because just left his boss at the altar. Exactly. They'll fire him. And this is, you know, this is his one, he came, he grew up poor. He, this is his one shot at, you know, making it in the NHL. And so he puts her on a plane and sends her away. Except. <laughs> <laughs> except there's more than one person traveling on that plane <laughs> with her. <laughs> Um, but what's remarkable, I think, is she doesn't stay because she she ends up staying in Seattle because she meets a woman. She's a terrific cook, and she meets a woman who runs a catering business and, you know, gets herself a job and decides that she's going – she sells her giant rock of an engagement ring. Right. Uses the money to get an apartment and moves forward with her life. Gets a job. She gets a job. One of our, our great working heroines. Yeah. Get a job and get a, and get a good career. I mean, she's kind of becoming like a Martha Stewart almost yeah. kind of creation. She's like one of the best crea- uh, caterers in Seattle. She stays in town, cut to seven years later. Mm-hmm. She's catering an, an event. Right. And, and low. it happens and to be a, a hockey, hockey event. event. <laughs> Seattle's not that big a town. You knew their paths would cross eventually. I will say she's awfully surprised that he's Yeah, there. I know. <laughs> I, yeah, that I was like, it's not a big town and there's only one team. And it is a hockey event. But I mean, but they meet okay. in, a really go- in a really awesome way. Like he's there with some young slip of a thing. And there she is wearing her catering tux. And, you know, bam. Right. Like, they have never forgotten each other. Well, oh. she's obviously never forgotten him. Oh, because every day she has a little reminder. <laughs> exactly. Um, but he has never forgotten her. I have. She drops her checkbook. Right. Which, again, like I said, we, nowadays, technology, she, you know. Yeah, I guess she, she could drop her phone or something. If you now. were going re- to sort of pretend that this was a current day Rachel book, she'd probably not use a checkbook. But she drops her checkbook and he picks it up and he goes to her house. Yeah. 
he kind of stalks her a little bit. Because he's fascinated by her, and she's still beautiful, and he still wants her desperately. Yeah. And that's the key, right? Yes, because he still wants her. He wants Before her. he finds out. Dun, dun, dun. Rings the doorbell. A six-year-old answers I the door. I know. And that's my favorite part of every secret baby book. Is when he sees the kid. Yeah, gobsmacked dad. I know. And they're always like, that child looks... Interestingly like I know, me. and she's wearing, <laughs> but in this particular classic, classic Rachel, she's wearing like the the six year old has been inside the mom's makeup box. Oh, so she's wearing, <laughs> and she is the I think the line is wearing more makeup than Tammy Faye Baker, <laughs> and so he can't precisely tell because she's all she's, she's all made up makeup. lots of makeup for those of you who are too young to remember Tammy Faye there's a lot of makeup lot going of makeup. on and so um, he can't really tell and then he starts to really look at her he's doing the math in his head it's really it's the perfect secret baby moment right um, and and then it goes from there and it goes from there and it's really it's a beautiful book it's really emotional it's really thoughtful. And Rachel sets it up in such a way that you never once feel, you don't, you feel for the heroine at every step of the way. Uh, yeah. Despite the fact, and you feel for the hero too, right? Like he. He's pissed. Instantly adores this kid. Like right. you do. And he wants to be part of their world. Yeah. And here she is. She's created this whole new world for herself. And then comes barging this guy, which to me is always the other interesting thing in the Secret Baby book, because the woman often does go on and create this this almost this insular kind of feminine world in many cases mm-hmm. where she ha- always has the best girlfriend and the kid. In this case, there is a best girlfriend. And there is a best girlfriend. And a very lovely secondary love story. Yes. And so you've got this, like, girl world, and then the, it's always, like, the hero, so he's always, like, big and strong and burly, and he kind of, like, smash not not physically smashes it, but, like, yeah. literally smashes all of it yeah. away. And, and you can't you blame kind of, him for You can't it. blame him for it. Because he just wants to be a dad, right? There's something so, like, I, that's the other thing too about, noble about, like... He's not ever going to leave that kid again. Right. He's gonna, he wants to be. There's that moment where he sees her and, you know, the heroine says, you, it's time for you to go. Like, you have to leave. Mm-hmm. He's like, I, I don't understand. I'm never leaving. leaving. Like, this is. I know. And this she, is our life now. And she's like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and there's something, you know, as a reader, there's something really deeply sexy about that. Yeah. Um, you know, because kids aren't easy. So. Kids aren't easy at all. And, and let's face it, in real life, a lot of guys don't come back. And exactly. they don't become fathers, exactly. so it, it, it's it's nicer that it happens in, in the in the romance world that they that they do. Yeah, and I think um, she right. I mean, he's just a really beautiful character too. He yeah. well, and his father had died when he was young, so he's not going to be the kind of person. I think his father died. Yeah, he, saying, he, yeah. Didn't wanna, he yeah, was he never going to be the dad. kind of person that was going to walk out on a child because I mean, his father didn't walk out on him, but you know circumstances had dictated that he didn't have a dad so yeah and I think also there's this sense of I think the the juxtaposition of sort of the rough and tumble hockey player and I mean let's be honest so last month we talked about football and football's tough right it's it's guys yeah running into each other but hockey Oh my god, hockey. Really brutal. It is brutal. And so the juxtaposition of this kind of really tough guy who literally gets into fistfights for a living. Right. You know, and this 
made up like Barbie playing you know, little girl who just blows his mind immediately. I often, it often strikes me in many of Rachel's books. She writes kids like nobody's business. And I don't, I don't, it's not something that I think you would naturally think of when, when reading her books, but as I've edited tons of her books and I'm always struck by how she just hits hits the nail right on the head when it comes to developing child characters. And she they're never, not too precious. But they're also never props. They're just... They're and they're real people. Little people. Yeah, it's fascinating to me. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's, hard. Character, it's you know, the joke... The joke is kids and pets, right? Make it... Right, and, right. You know, are hard to write, and they're hard to put in movies, because... You need them there for, especially in a romance novel, right? Like mm-hmm. you need the you need the kid there, right? But you also need the two of them to be together to have sex. So, so it's like, like you always have to like find the kid a babysitter. Where, where is the child, right? Yeah. And Rachel never missteps. No. Um, and there's also so if the, you are the kind of person who says, "Oh, I don't read, I don't read romance novels that have kids in them." Oh no, these are great. Read, read Rachel Gibson. No, they're great. And you'll change your mind about that. And there's this great scene where he's like. Um, Oh, the daughter gives him a perm, <laughs> and and, <laughs> and he has to play with like the Barbie Barbie like Barbie like beauty parlor. Beauty parlor, something. yeah. It was so classic because I could just envision in my mind's eye this like this crazy hockey player, you know, with this little girl like sticking little curlers in his hair yeah. or something like that. It was just it was really delightful, and it and it it made me you know forgive him some moments of heroic like bad temper or mm-hmm. you know heroes can sometimes behave a little badly and um you know but the, it was just that vision of this this grown man and this and this child and him being so gentle and sweet yeah. with her it, it was just great and I, I love those moments vision of family mm-hmm. in these books and this book obviously particularly because it's a secret baby book but all of Rachel's books tackle the idea of the sort of the family unit in a really interesting way. That's true. Um, and it's not, it's not about it's, like sexual, it's the books are incredibly sexy. The hero and heroine always have a deep amount of sexual tension, but it's also about this sort of emotional connection as husband, wife, parent, child, mm-hmm. parents together. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's really beautiful. It's often beautiful. And it's often the family that you make is it's, it's not always, you know, there's a man and a woman, and they have kids. Yeah. Uh, or it, it's it's often there's friends, there's mm-hmm. um, extended family, and it's sort of everybody comes together in the in the books and forms uh, some of her books, which are not the Chinook books, but that are set in truly Idaho, mm-hmm. which are books that I really love. Um, they have you know it's that idea of community becomes your friends too. The gospel mm-hmm. books too. Those right. are fun. It's like a there are small town romances. Yeah. With in those cases, they are small town romances, but here, I mean, this is like a it's small big, town. It's yeah. that sort of, despite being in Seattle, it's that it's a small town of their right. instant. Their their well, certainly, it's all the hockey team. Right? I know in the hockey team, there's all these other guys They're in the hockey so team that are so charming. And, so I'm like, wow. I wonder. I was like, are hockey players really like that? I don't know. But and we talked about this last year, last week, last uh, month with Susan, but. That sort of brotherhood of men yes. comes back here, and these guys, the guys who will always, always be they have there your back, each other. especially in hockey. They yeah. have to have your back. And there's a second. I mentioned this earlier, but there's a secondary love story between the heroine Georgian's um, 
best friend and the goalie of the hockey team. Right. Who's also just, like, totally sexy and dreamy. Yeah. And it, there's just so much to love about this book um, because it is so... It's, it's like the perfect romance if you are... Wow. You know, it takes... It takes all of everything that you love about a, a great romance, romance novel. and pull it together. Yeah, and it it really does feel so modern. I know. I feel like this could be written today and and published just as successfully yeah. as this was. But as, as I said, at the time, it was it was a real sensation. It was very it was groundbreaking yeah. in, in certain ways. And it makes sense. I mean, we talked about the fact that the heroine, you know is a woman who knows herself. Yeah. Um, she doesn't need the hero. I think that's what we're edging into now with with right at this that time. That is true. We're starting to find heroines who don't, they don't need, need the hero. They want the hero. Yeah. They are better for the hero maybe, but they wouldn't. They'd be just fine if he hadn't come along. Exactly. They would just, they would live like a great she life. Has a second, she has a another, she has a boyfriend mm-hmm. in this book. Oh, yeah. I always call him the the Jeff Daniels <laughs> slap, Poor slash Jeff Daniels. I, or Ralph Bellamy, who yeah. was the Jeff Daniels of the 1940s. <laughs> he's, like, perfectly fine. Yeah, like, he, and he's a I feel so bad guy. for him. I know. I, I, I always mean, feel bad for those characters. Yeah. Because, and, and then. I write that, I write that guy into every book because <laughs> I just think men are, there are decent men I out know, there. Like, not are. all men are villains. Yep. And every time I do it, I get tons I'm sure that Rachel has gotten e- emails and letters about Charles. I Charles. Think his name, of his name course Charles. his name is Charles. Charles. And, uh, yeah, Charles. Who, actually, I just opened my copy of the book, and the line is, Charles sh- Charles shook his head. I'm sorry for using vulgar language. <laughs> oh, Charles. So Charles is darling. <laughs> I 100% want to date Charles. But, I mean, he's not. John. He's not John. He's he's no John. Sexy, sexy John Kowalski. Hockey superstar. Um, But I love that, too. I love that, you know, Rachel just sets it up where this woman, she did it herself, right? Like, she was a single mom with nothing to her name except for, luckily, an expensive diamond ring. ring. And... Built ever built an entire and who grew who was raised to believe she would never be anything but a wife. That's true too. I mean, and and was told that she was essentially stupid. Yeah. If anybody ever comes at me from now on with you know romance isn't feminist, I'm just going to hand them this book. Oh and wander, gosh, wander away because <laughs> it is because this book says it better than I ever could. <laughs> so, and I also I think it's I I thought. It, I always love, one other thing I love about Rachel's books is she really can create this, how can I put this? Like, the characters are so real. Like, characters can hurt each other, I mean, with their words. And the, the kind of, I always say it's like the crappy things that people do to each other mm-hmm. when they're in a relationship. Uh, you know, there's always the good stuff. And then there's like this, this just like, the dialogue is always so real. Mm-hmm. The sense of... You know, the, these characters, the sense of the pain that he feels and how he sometimes lashes out at her is so real. And you end up, for, they end up forgiving each other and we end up forgiving them mm-hmm. as characters. But I feel like few, there, there are, not every author kind of gets it that way. Like, it's just so yeah. realistic. I, There's I, an honesty to it. That's and it. It's, it's, it's so honest. It's, I mean, you said it's real. It's. But it's a it's also a sense of like no one's perfect right. in these books. There's 
There isn't that the is perfect true. heroine who has to, you know, change the wayward, you know, angry hero. hero. In this case... They're both flawed. They both do bad things right. over the course of this book. They make mistakes with each other. That's that's what I was that's what I was in my elliptical way trying to say. These yeah. are people who make really human mistakes. Yeah. And have to find that way through to forgive each other and then come together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that there was for a time, um, especially in the 80s, uh, that the characters, especially the heroines, were always so perfect. Yeah. They were beautiful. Birds they were Birds sat, sat on, on their, their shoulders. shoulders. We talk yeah. about those birds a lot. <laughs> they like, tame wild wolves. You know, like... <laughs> Just by reaching out their hand. Um, it's, I mean... Well, I'm no, I'm I'm in no way saying bad things about Judith McNaught and Julie Garwood in those in those jokes, but like those, I mean, because those heroines were amazing, but those books were about changing the hero, and in this case, yeah. what, what Rachel's doing is writing a book where both characters are equal, and so they're changing together, and it's really beautiful. It is really beautiful. I do. I. I am such. I am such a fangirl of hers. I'm. I'm happy every day of my life that I work on her books. Um, and they do feel so much like her in person. They. They feel yeah. like when you know Rachel, when you've spent time with Rachel, and you you talk to her, she. She does feel like these books. There are these moments of really dry, cool wit. I know. And so Rachel is probably the most. She has probably the driest wit of anyone I've ever met. And I remember the first time I ever met her, she, we, you know, we were sitting and I was sure she didn't like me. And then she sort of said something and it was just so cool and dry. And I was like, oh no, she's hilarious. She's really hilarious. <laughs> I know. She's really fun. And I like, came to the edge of my seat like, this is amazing. I know. I, I said um, when she won one of her readers, I remember I, I just popped, it blurted out. I said, you know, like she was the coolest woman in Idaho. And I actually do believe that. Yeah. So. I mean, I want to be Rachel when I grow up for <laughs> sure. For sure. So, um, I mean, I, I just love, I love so much about this book. I love so much about all of Rachel's books. I said this uh, off tape to Lucia, but um, my favorite of her books is C. Jane Score. I know, and it's interesting. That is a lot of, a well, lot of people say that. Interestingly. A lot of people say that. So for me, it's, it's. So and it's part of the series. It's, it's part of the series. Book. Yeah. Jane is a news, um, Jane is a, a sports reporter. Right. Well, She's forced into being a sports, sports reporter, reporter, which is part of the joy of it. But um, she, so what I love about both of these books is, um, so Georgianne is beautiful. She's she's sort of femme fatale, right? Um, and she's raised certainly to believe that her face is her it's only her fortune. asset, yeah, right. Um, but she's very uncomfortable with her body. She's mm-hmm. not. She she's aware of the fact that it that. You know she can attract men, mm-hmm. but she is the first time that the first time John takes her clothes off. Like it's this really remarkable scene where she's just totally aware of all of her flaws, right? And um, and I love that. So as human. A woman who has oh my flaws. god! As a woman, and I'm just like really see Jane Spore feels the same way to me. It's also she Jane feels very. She's a plain Jane. She's very uncomfortable with her skin. Mm-hmm. And um, and there's Rachel does that shockingly well. Yeah, I mean. Again, her hero, her heroines are are imperfect, just like we, we are. are yeah, know. yeah. Oh my gosh, so much. <laughs> yeah. So, what is she doing now, though? Um, there's a book called Just Kiss Me, which is coming out in August, 
and it's um, it's I guess you would call it a reunion book of sorts. So it takes place in Charleston, which is kind of cool. Nice. Yeah, and um, it's a heroine from the wrong side of the tracks, and the hero is from that kind of older Charlestony family, and he's got this kind of awful great mother who, who knows um, like everything about manners and what you do. She's very precise. Um, and the heroine always felt um, like that she kind of grew up in the shadow of the big house and things oh, kind of take off story. from there. And it's kind of fun because there's these diary entries of the heroine from when she was, um, I guess, like... Um, a middle school, like a tween, mm-hmm. and they're hilariously funny because it's like I hate the mantis, which is his, her name for the mother. In oh the book. yeah, so it's it's great stuff, and I'm really ex- I'm really excited about about the publication. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be great. It's gonna be a new Rachel classic. So. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm very excited to read it, and and that that makes me think about you know we talked about Rachel being really good at using kids in the. Um, in the text, but mm-hmm. she's also, she has that voice, too. I know. The kids always feel very real. Real. Yeah, they don't talk. Like, that. that I can't wait to read talk. those teenage The teenage, they they're feel, so fun. Yeah. They feel so real. It's great. So, great stuff. Well, any final thoughts on Simply Irresistible? I mean, I think I've I've made it really clear that I love this one. I know, I love this it's one, It's one too. of my very this favorites. Is a, this is so. a special one, I really think. I can't believe it's a first book. I'm so jealous. <laughs> I don't understand, but <laughs> um, but yeah, if if you are if you've never read a Rachel Gibson novel, it's a great one to start, start with. Here start at the beginning and then read the whole, whole Chinook series, yes, all the way through because the Chinook they're fun, yeah. they're great, and tweet at us and tell us how much you love them. Exactly. All right, well, Sarah, thank you for coming to visit. Thanks for all. See you this next month. This has been great. We will see you next month. And for everybody, this is Lucia Macro for Avon on the Air. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Avon on the Air. This episode was edited by Nathan Rossborough with production help from Jennifer Monroe. The books featured in this episode are available for purchase wherever books are sold. We hope you'll join us next time as we hear more from your favorite authors, all brought to you by Avon on the Air.